This is The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for tyre power. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. Follow us on Twitter at Rabbit Hole SEN. Hello, everyone. Welcome. It is episode 14. It should be 15, but we weren't here last week. Um, you can find us at Rabbit Hole SEN. We're here thanks to great friends at Tire Power. We appreciate their wonderful support. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. I'm here with the Wiz, Tim Watson, former Essendon Hall of Famer, AFL Hall of Famer, media megastar, and I think it's safe to say good buddy of mine. Yeah, keep going. Hey, keep buddy. going. Keep going. <laughs> Don't pull up there. It's going to be there are in- other things you could have mentioned about my past. It's going to be an interesting rabbit hole. I've Why got, is that? I just don't have a feeling because we've had two weeks away from this particular forum where we just can go down a rabbit hole of any of our liking mm. and just see where it takes us. And so as a result of two weeks off, we've got a whole host of different issues and areas that we want to get into. Where were you last week, by the I way? Sick. I was here. I was violently ill. With COVID. Right. And Are you okay now? Actually, I need to give a shout out. Just talk amongst yourself. Okay. Have you got your taste back yet? No. Have you got your smell back? No. I have not got any taste or any smell whatsoever. So, um, how's that affecting your life? Do you think? Smiley Riley up in Bendigo. He wasn't happy that he's a mate of one of my mates' mates. Right. Um, yeah, no, I haven't got taste or smell from COVID. And what's the worst thing about that? Well, it's good. But essentially, you've got nothing to look forward to in life. <laughs> well, you don't, Tim. You love food. Yeah, I know, I know. You love food more than anyone. I do, but think about the positives. What? Well, you don't – well, the other morning, I took you into the kitchen here. There was a nasty smell, and you said, Wisp, I can't smell anything. Yeah, that's true. You're saving on cologne. You love to wear a cologne. At the moment, it's a waste of time. Are you wearing a but cologne? that's a worry, though. Like, you sense a smell to work out whether you – Stink. Well, I don't, but you may for some reason. You might have worked out or you might, you know, and you might have forgot mm. to put a bit of uh, the old Brute 33 on and then you walk in you Blue can't s- <laughs> smell yourself. It is a weird, it's one of the weirdest <laughs> feelings I've ever had and it's crazy and I don't like it and I'm hoping that it's not forever because it would be a massive change to your life. If I asked you this simple question, what do you think your body odour is, mm-hmm. could you answer that? Like your natural body odour. What's Has the, anyone ever given you feedback about that? What do you mean? Like, does Nikki ever say to you, oh, you're a sweet-smelling guy, or yeah. mm, maybe She you loves need... my scent. <laughs> but are you a musky man? She loves my scent. Are you know. a cedar man? Are you a pine-type guy? Wood. You're a woody-type yeah, bloke. Like a, like a, <laughs> after That's not a, a I... heavy rainfall in a wooded, <laughs> in a nice eucalyptus field. <laughs> <laughs> are you a redwood? A Woodwood. I'm an Oodwood. I've told you that. Wood. Tom Ford Oodwood. Wood. Wood. Mm. Actually, I asked. Body spray. I, Don't sit. No. Now listen. I'm not going Don't to that. Don't you go cologne. copying that? No. No. I've found another one. You've already told me that. No, one. no. I've found another one See, on top that, of the other one. That's your problem. It's another Joe Malone You've one. You've got no consistency in your scent. I don't mind. Uh, what? I don't mind. Moving it around, shopping it around. What percentage new of things? the Australian male uses a cologne, or do you use a cologne or a body spray? I don't use. This a, is not deodorant we're talking about. No, no, no. We're talking about an aftershave type spray. Not cologne. even an after spray, aftershave. But what put are you on, talking you, about? You put it on without shaving. You don't have to have a shave to put it on. 
Are you talking about a cologne? A little, a little spritz. A yeah, little... yeah. But do you go with the? Do you I've go got with both? Do you go with the intense? I've got a Utoila go... and I've got a body spray. <laughs> do you go with? Do you go though with the intense spray, or do you go with the sort of like the watered down version of it? No, because they come in different bottles. Yeah, you're talking about a concentrate. Yes. Do you go with that? I That's go the with intense. Both. Okay. I go with both. Do you mix them? No. I have a body spray, shh, just go shh, right. and then you have a little spritz if you like bo- going yeah, out. A, a dab behind your I ear. I have a day-to-day scent, and then right. I have an after-hours scent. What's your day-to-day scent? Woodwood. And what's your after-hours? Can't pronounce it. What do you mean you can't pronounce well, it? Well, I found this one that I can't pronounce. Is it a Tom Ford? No. So where did you get it from? In Armadale, in a men's store in Armadale. <laughs> right. I walked past it, and I went... So I can't even enjoy that now. Mm. But I thought, geez, I like the smell of that. And I had a little taste. Yeah. They gave me a little tester. Are I, you concerned about mixing your scents? No. Because your day to day, your body, you you during the day scent, then you, if you're going out, you'd have a shower and you'd put on your. So what's your? One I can't pronounce. Right. I've got. I've got. Is some, it French? I don't. I'm going to bring it in tomorrow. I've, Next week, I've forgotten it. Right. Do you put something on first thing in the morning when you're coming to work? Probably I don't smell Day it. to day. What's your, but that's your day to day. Yeah, it would. And you use that as well, first thing in the morning. That Even though sh- you're trying to, are you trying to impress the wisp with your smell first thing in the morning, eh? <laughs> Not really. I like to smell nice. You smell nice, which is good. Do I? Yep. That's just a natural smell then. No, it's not. You what are you smelling then? Because you, you can't smell. Not now I can't, but one day you walked over to me and said, here, what do you think of this? And you went, put your neck right in me. On yeah, but that's when scooter. I still had that on my um, my clothing, the shirt that I had on. It was still something that I could smell. Mm. Anyway, greetings to yeah. you. <laughs> right. Now, yesterday, I just. Hang on, before you get into that. Right. Because that's going to be, I know what you're going to say. You, when we, I don't mm. use the phone very often, Right. So I don't talk on the phone much at all. In fact, I would average maybe five phone calls a week, maybe ten. Four of those would be to me. Yeah. yeah. And my my the way I answer the phone when you ring me is, what's going on? Mm. That's what I say. Because yep. I don't need to go through any niceties because no. we've spent four hours together. I notice you've been doing that lately. What? You've adopted my greeting. Which is? What's going on? <laughs> I've been doing the what's going on. Yeah, you pinched longer. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, you didn't. You I never didn't. used to say that to me. I just bring, bring, g'day, wisp. Yeah, g'day. Hey, hey, how are you going? Maybe. Maybe I didn't. Maybe now you, I didn't. Now you, I but like that's, what happens, that's what happens when people work together a lot like you and I do. You start to pick up the that's mannerisms, right. the ones you like. I take it as a compliment. I haven't taken too many from you, but the ones you like, you take and you add to your own profile. Cut to the chase on the phone call, too. Yeah, go straight to the point. What's going on? Well, yeah. this is what's going on. Yeah. Da, 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 da. All yeah. right, good. See ya. And they're quick goodbyes, too, aren't they? So I've, I've wound you up a couple of times, to be fair, and you've hung on. What do you mean, wound me up? Well, sometimes when you're driving to Glen Maggie and I've got something on, I know that you've got two hours ahead of you, that you, you, you've, you're you in for a chat. Yes. Right? So after 20 minutes, I might think, that's enough for me. So I'll go, anyway, and you go, eh. When you get an anyway, mm. that's code for wrap it up. Yeah, I'm happy for an anyway. I go anyway, and you go, yeah, and I'll tell you what else happened. I, go, oh, I never no. do. Yes. I never do. Yes, that. you do. If you go. You've done that a number of times to me. I've given it an anyway, and you go, 
Oh, you don't tell you about this. And I go, you can give me it's an not, anyway, anytime. He's not reading the cues. <laughs> well, I apologise right. if I haven't read the cues well, correctly. From now on, anyway. I'll read the cues. Can I get to the point that I wanted to make, though? Yep, yep, because yep. that's the greeting. That's a phone greeting. That's a Yeah, that's a phone greeting. But this is a physical greeting. And mm. it happened yesterday, and it was I was in your company at the time. Yes. And it was really uncomfortable for me being there. Well, it wasn't for me. There. I wasn't uncomfortable. Well, you should have been because the other person was uncomfortable. No, she wasn't. Okay. I'm going to mention her name. I don't. Would think, she be happy for you to mention her name? I don't think she would care that we talked about her because mm. she's an old friend of mine. And mine. Well, this is the point. Her name's Libby Gore, right? So we see her downstairs after our radio El program. McFeast. El McFeast, right? So we go back a long way. We did a number of things together. I many didn't really. Okay. 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 So oh, yep, yep, yep. she and I know each other. Reasonably well, mm. right? Yes. And so she was sitting there. She saw me. She greeted me. She, she jumped stood up. up. She did. Yep. I gave her a peck on the cheek, yep. a little bit of a cuddle, not too much of a cuddle because mm. I don't do that. I used to sort of maybe warm. You're not very tactile. No, but it was a warmer embrace pre-COVID. Now I'm concerned sort of about the whole COVID thing, okay? So mm -hmm. I've modified my behavior yes. on the greeting on the cuddle, right? Yes. So and then you came out of nowhere, right? <laughs> and you saw that I had greeted this particular person with a kiss on the cheek. So you immediately thought, huh, if the wisp knows her well, <laughs> no. I must know her well no. too. So you have just moved in no. to give her. No. And she had sat back down at this stage. No. You moved in to give her and she half stood up and then she thought, hang on, I don't know Gary well enough yes, for him to did. be kissing me on the cheek. Why did you do that? It was, in, if you don't mind, it was embarrassing. I'll tell you what I did. And uncomfortable. I walked around the and corner awkward. and you'd done this big kiss and hug thing. I thought, oh, who's that, you know? And then I looked and I thought, oh, you know, I, I'd say hello or not. And then I thought, oh, and, and then she recognised me. I don't know that she did. Well, but she thought, look, she if, he's, if, he's, if he's with the wisp, I could see her mind ticking over. If he's with the wisp, he must be okay. Anyway, I read her pleading eyes. <laughs> I read so she gave you a, a look eye. that she was desperate for a kiss on the cheek. Yes, she did. I hope she's I was going to go with a shake of the hand, <laughs> and I thought, no, there's a want for a hug. And so I did. No, I. It was all. I was a touch overly familiar. I thought. Yes. I thought it was someone I knew better than I did. Yeah. And you pulled and out half. You sort of pulled out halfway. It was kind of too late. I was committed. <laughs> I thought, oh shit, I'm going to have to go. Not, not that I was concerned about giving um, Libby a hug. But, no. But I thought it might not have been reciprocated. Yes. But I was then committed. Right. So I followed through. Right. So what is your rule? Your general. I'm rule? I'm a hugger. I'm a hugger. I know you are. But what's your general rule about a peck on the cheek? And to I'm the opposite sex. Yeah, no, I'm a peck on Six. the cheeker. I'm a peck on the cheeker. Always have been? Yeah. Our it, family is. I think it's a family thing. Is our, it? Our family of kisses and huggers have been forever. So if you're new. I wasn't brought up like that. Yeah. So if, you, if the, for instance, my boys now bring a, you know, their girlfriend and, and my mum and dad around, who are the grandparents, yep. they're straight in for the hug. Oh, welcome, Molly, you know, hug, kiss. and What, on them. first yeah. meeting? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, see, that wouldn't be acceptable in my family. You've well, got to know people a little bit better than that. You're a pretty cold family. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's a very good – it's an interesting – It is interesting. And the dynamic. Other, and the other thing that I now think, and I'm really – I'm always 
uh, mindful of this, mm. and that is, and it was probably because of COVID, is the kiss on the cheek. Mm. And actually, now that you mention it, with Libby, I'd only just come off COVID. <laughs> we had, he did Tyling, have COVID last week. Highly inappropriate. Um, but now, post-COVID, I'm thinking, well, we probably shouldn't be greeting each other like that. And then the other thing now well, I no, think see, is that's I, rubbish. No, no, but also, everyone's dropped all pretense. You can get COVID. Brooks, he could have it right now. You wouldn't know. Well, he might have COVID. He looks okay. Yeah, I know. But what's what I'm saying? We once upon a time we were paranoid. Now, when I had COVID, I said, "What do I need to do?" They said, "Well, it's on how you feel." Yeah. So for, I was pretty sick for three or four days, oh. but then they said, "Didn't you tell everyone about that?" <laughs> then they, oh, what about that? Anyway, that's a whole different thing. What's that? It's, I missed two mornings of breakfast radio. It's like I've been away for six months. Oh, when are you coming back? Oh, I have to do it with him. Oh, I don't know. Who said that? You. I did not Yes, say. you did. I was enjoying And then you get what I call implied pressure from the powers <laughs> that be. Oh, how's Gary? Is he coming back or not? Well, how about I'm sick? I don't want to come back. Um, the handshake, though. This, oh, is, yes, this is the interesting part. I'm more of a handshake male and female now, but I've got a very strong grip. And I've been told this by people that when I shake the hand, it's a good strong grip because I was always taught as a kid, my dad said, when you meet somebody, yeah, yeah. you look them in the eye yes. and you give a strong handshake, right? Yes. And I haven't necessarily always modified it to shaking the hand of a woman. And sometimes you can sort of feel almost you the crush bones their crushing. Bones. Yeah. To make you feel good. No, it doesn't make me feel good. But the point about that is, have you noticed that that there are more women now who offer a hand no. as a greeting as opposed to a cheek as a greeting? What's pleading. in the eye? I see the pleading eye. <laughs> That's the only thing I see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are you saying that? You detect that they want a piece of Garrett. Is that no, what you're saying? No, they just... want a kiss on the cheek. Have you noticed that, though, the more of the greeting of the hand or not? People interpret this the wrong way. No, they won't. Well, some morons will. People know it. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm a ki- I'm a, I would be the kisser on the cheek for someone I hadn't seen for a long time but knew, yeah, had known pretty well. Right. And hadn't seen for a long time. I'd go, yeah, hug and a kiss. Right. What about bl- you? I've noticed this with you and blokes, though, too, mm-hmm. that you are sort of like a – a grasp of the hand, See, a pump into the chest, and then a cuddle after that's that. That's a new. That's that's a new thing with you. The standard handshake, the straight-on handshake, mm-hmm. is gone by the wayside. It is now the American sort of grip. The you know that grip. Yep. Yep. And then that that means then your arms are at close proximity, and then you can just do a quick pull and a hug. Right. How can, well do you have to know somebody before you start greeting them like that? Familiar. Though? Be yeah, familiar. I think it, I don't like. I don't necessarily. I'm trying. I'm to not think, adding. I'm not adding. I'm, I'm not adding that to, to my think, greeting. I think Eric Banner did it to me the other day. Oh, he, I think he did. No, I don't I'm think trying he would to have. think he did. Well, he's a Hollywood man. See, well, that's the thing. That's what they would be doing over there. See, that you Nick, don't necessarily need to bring that back. That's what here Nick to Oz. does. Well, he spends a lot of time over in the he's states a big too. Hugger. It's an American thing. I like hugging. I. Uh, you're not. I look at you. I see cold, pretty standoffish. So I don't hug you. And someone else. I'll, I'll read it in their body language that they're open to a little, a little hug, and a bit of a nurry rug on the old thigh. <laughs> and, and you don't feel, and you don't feel uncomfortable about it because that's just what. I, 
what it is. It's a byproduct of the old. All right, you keep going because I've got a couple of topics that I want to get to, but well, I know you've got a lot of stuff. I'm looking at the. I don't know what your topics are. No, you don't. Last week when I was really sick, mm. really sick, yeah. and then you lose your taste of it. But then you look out the window and it's pouring rain. There's a go-to comfort food that I wanted to just if you were say you were sick and mm. you had your taste. I mm. didn't have the taste, so in the end it didn't matter. There's a couple of things that you want, you know. Like Susie says, "Are you a good patient?" I'm a pretty sooky patient, so that's if I'm down, I'm down. Yeah. And then Nikki will say, "What? Yep. What can I get you done? Yeah. What, what can get you up?" Soup. This is these are. I've got this down. Okay. Two, I can to go for two, probably or three. Veggie soup, mm. a three a, a three shank veggie soup. So a bowl of that will fix me. Mm. A toasted ham cheese tomato with the crust cut off, and then a cup of tea with a nice dunkable biscuit. That that will mainly keep me very happy. What about that for when the rain's coming down sideways? If, is there a better combination than that? Everything was fine until you said what with the crusts cut off <laughs> because nothing, that nothing wrong with that. That just takes me back to one of my late aunties and how she would have to cut the crust off for one of the kids because they would never and, eat the crust, and she would always say, "You're not going to get curly hair if you don't eat your crust." Yeah. And in the little triangles. No. Yes. No. That's a little boy thing. That's right. You got a little. You got a couple of little boy things about you. You like little boy undies. A <laughs> <laughs> little. You I, know, I, I was with Yashi. Bought... I was with my grandson the other day, Digsy. I bought right? three mules. I, I was with Digsy the other day, yeah. and you know, Digsy, he loves his little undies because yeah. he, he's gone from nappies now to yeah. undies, yeah. and he loves Spider Man undies. That's and right. I said to him, "Look, I I said to him the other day, I said, Digsy." I work with somebody, <laughs> and he would love to wear your Spider-Man undies. Well, because he's I bought a little three boy pairs of jockeys the other day. With yeah. Spider-Man on them? No, they were the Kelvins. Um, yeah, no, that was always a thing. If you cut them into triangles with the crust off, easy to eat because you've got a little scratchy sore throat. So yeah. You don't need the, the crust. Bowl of soup. Yeah, no, I love all that. I love, yeah. I love all of that. What's the yours? soup, though, is... Is that your veggie soup yes, or is that three your three shank? shank? Yep. That is my three shank veggie. Can Nikki make the three shank or mm, no? Because you don't can. like to share your recipe. No, I've shared it with her. But that is that that makes me happy in life. I was talking to my cousin the other day, who's my age, mm. and I asked him what you know what makes him happy. It was his birthday, so I said, "I hope you're having a great day." He goes, "Yep, yeah. I'll be having a bowl of soup, some chicken wings, and on the couch chicken watching the footy." His chicken wife, wi- chicken, his wings, wife is chicken a, wings are the most overrated rubbish of all time. His wife is who I went to school with all through. She was She's a home economics teacher right. and a magnificent cook. Right. And so that's what he wants. That's what he likes. That's what he gets. Some chicken wings marinated under the griller. There's bowl the, of soup. There's the, chicken what, wings. There's that wasted part on the wing though, which is like the flap. Giblet. Yeah, no, the it's just all gristle and a little bit of bone. Yeah, well, there's nothing it. there. Don't eat it. And often there's a couple of little feathers that are still hanging yes, on there. Too. That is right. <laughs> you don't have to eat that. If you, but if it you puts twist it and the other bit you can twist and pull the two bones out and then you've got a nice meaty marinated piece of mm. <laughs> I don't know about you, as soon as I see a feather, I just it just puts well, me off food. What is your dunkable biscuit of choice? A dunkable biscuit is the it used to be like a milk 
arrowroot. No, not a great. And an and, a, no, great day. it's not a great Dunking biscuit. Okay, I'll give That'd you just drop off. I'll give you the Anzac cookie biscuit type butternut snap. Yeah, Pants used to go with a ginger nut. Well, <laughs> did he a strong Dunking biscuit? Right. Yeah. The ginger nut. Yeah. Oh yeah, the ginger nut, it, which, which is a bit like. It's a little bit like a butternut snap, yeah. A little. The butternut, Inconsistency. Your, your butternut snap was a finer, bigger. Your ginger nut had much more volume around it. Right. Did I ever tell you about the time that... You could uh, go with a Monte Carlo, which is a <laughs> night. That is a good dunking biscuit. No, it's got the cream on the inside. Yeah, you so don't, don't overdunk. Yeah, but you know what my uncle used to do? He used to do that. He would dunk, oh, yeah, I know. He would dunk a biscuit in these black tea, right? Yep. yep. And then if he didn't get it out in time and it disappeared into his cup, he'd pour the whole thing into his saucer and then he'd just slurp it out of the my saucer. Dad, my dad does. My dad does. He doesn't still do it, does he? Not now. That, I think if my pop used to do that. Yep. You know, i got to get out yep. somewhere, so he'd tip it in the saucer and wolf it down. I'd be at the farm and that's what he'd do. And then after that, because my auntie Dulcie would always cook his lunch, yeah. and there'd always be a bit of mutton or something in it, right? He'd eat his he'd eat his lunch, and then um, if any of the meat may have got caught in one of his false teeth, then he'd get his false teeth out, mm. and then he'd get the fork and he'd just have another feed, <laughs> have another crack. <laughs> he'd, 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 he'd might save that for <laughs> afternoon tea. <laughs> he'd finish the mutton off. <laughs> Did I, you, did I ever tell you this story? When I was at Masashi, we were looking for a manufacturer. Stop me if I've told you this story. We'll just cut it out. We won't include it in the podcast. No, no. I don't think I've said about it on the podcast, but we were looking for a manufacturer of a biscuit. So we're going to make these um, you know, bars and biscuits and stuff Protein like Masashi that yeah. had amino acids in them, right? Extra amino acids. So we went to the makers of this particular brand of biscuit. We saw this old bloke. He was a lovely old fella. And we're talking to him about the possibility of him manufacturing the biscuit for us. He told us this great story. So he got this, he won the um, rights to produce biscuits for the army, right? So they were like an Anzac yeah. day cookie, right? So yeah. like thousands. They look at like that to last forever. Yeah, yeah exactly. But then the... It, Back in the day where they were making them, there was sort of like all these flies. and the, Like they had a swarm of flies, he said, mm. and they landed in the mixture. The crunch. And he said we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't separate the flies. So we had, you know, we had to get the biscuits out there because they were waiting for the order. Yeah. So, yeah. so we just thought, okay, well, we'll just include them in the, <laughs> in the biscuit. And then the order came back. They loved them, right? <laughs> Can you include the raisins? Next time as well. No, that's not true. <laughs> that is true. As I sit here talking to you this morning, it is a true story. A lovely story too. <laughs> what was that bloke's name? He was a nice, he was a really lovely, one of those old gentleman type blokes he was. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at me, um, I'm looking at my thing. Did you, did I ask you this the other day? Did you sleep through the earthquake? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Thank we, you. We had an earthquake here in Melbourne. Last, yeah, I did. Um, I slept through the whole thing. I don't know what night it was, two nights ago. So were you in Melbourne or were you down? Wednesday. Yeah. No, I was in Melbourne. Yeah. And I was awake. It was about 11.30. Right. Did yeah. you get a bit of a movement? Was there movement in your apartment there in, in Turak or not? Um, It shuddered. The whole thing just shuddered. Mm. So was, you're in a state of confusion where you've woken up and you go, what was that about? It was, I thought the I thought our fat cat had jumped on the bed and you know, <laughs> started to shake the bed. But, um, yeah. How is Pumpkin? Fat as a fool. 
It's um, we call him Tony the Pony now. <laughs> 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 he barely fits down the corridor. He bounces from one side to the other, but he seems happy. All right, let's celebrate a milestone on the weekend. Um, mm. Did you feel for Steel Sidebottom as he went his 300th game? Did I what? The build-up was as it should be. Massive. Massive. Four, I think just the fourth Collingwood player. Started the game, of which you were there mm. commentating, so you understand it better than I. And then in, in the first quarter, he did his knee. He did. Off. We, we, um, Disappointing way to end such anti-climatic? a Anticlimatic? Oh, 100% anticlimatic. Not everyone gets to, to have a fairy tale milestone, do they? No, they didn't. How did you go? At two, did you, at your 300th, what was that like for you? <laughs> I didn't make 300. Oh, you didn't make 300? No, I didn't. I made 200. Did you make two? And it was up in Sydney. And the game was to be played up in Sydney, and I was just struggling. Oh, that's disappointing, that. too. Well, it didn't worry me. It's well, you'd want that. It's not The MCG, me. your home of football, me. wouldn't you? But um, coincidentally, um, you pulled out, as it turns you? out, I didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> so were you supposed to play? Yeah. And the banner was made. Right. And all that sort of stuff. Right. And I didn't play. We well, had a buckled rib or what? what yeah, these what? were the back days. Right. So I was coming towards the end. Rapidly. Did you fly up to Sydney? Yeah. Yep. So right. you only made a last minute decision not to play? Yeah. So and the, did you feel pressured to play? No. The banner had to come back. <laughs> had to fly the banner back for the next week. You, Did they? What about your 300th? Uh, my 300th ended badly too. I did a hamstring in the first quarter. I was off by quarter time. Well, we got good stories to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> my, Which is why I sympathised uh, so deeply in commentary at the weekend with for uh, Sidey. Did yeah. you insert yourself into the story? Well, didn't I didn't. No. Had I been on radio and I've got a different persona on radio, I would have had some fun <laughs> what, with it. What's your different persona? Well, I can be, I can be, I, can, I find that, you know, when you do radio, what you can you have do? more fun. The jovial wisp. Yeah. It can be the jovial wisp as what, opposed what to, it it's the, the more circumspect, serious football wisp <laughs> on the Gen 7 comedy. Which, which was you know the one I prefer. Which was better? <laughs> it's not a much a. It's not so much. Neither of them any good, but I prefer the radio wisp more than the other. I, I'm not sure about that. I think I played my fiftieth game against Collingwood, my hundredth right. against Collingwood, my hundred and fiftieth against Collingwood, mm. and certainly my last against Collingwood. Yeah, you might check that for us, Brooksy. You know what I love though about the modern game, and that is, you know, the farewelling. Of players and the greeting of players. You know, when they play their first game, you know, what they do around that player. When they have a milestone, what they do around that player. When they depart the game, what they do around that player. Like back in the day, it was like, okay, that's your last game. Off you go and you just disappear and you're never seen again and you don't get the opportunity to say goodbye. And it's not the celebration of your career that the players get celebrated with today. They're good places to be footy clubs at the moment. They're, They're really good. They're, they're sensitive to all sorts of different challenges that these people are confr- these players are confronting, and they deal with it really well. Toby Green had his 200th, and after your letter, he found the way to dominate and rip a game away from the Geelong Footy Club down there. He was great, but then you know we spoke to Craig McRae, who does most things right, and he spent like weeks. They spent weeks planning Side Bottom's uh, 300th game of the weekend. They invited players back that he played pre- in the premiership with. They had those players. He hadn't. He didn't know they were going to be out there. They greeted him when he came out the race. Like they didn't go into the rooms and say, "Hi, oh, yeah, how are you going?" He got a great surprise when he came out. What? Do you, <laughs> I'm looking at you and you're thinking, oh, "That's a bit over the top, wisp." Well, 
No, I'm with you on that. I love I love the retirement stuff. I love the first game stuff. The in between, the, the stuff in between. Yeah, 300 for sure. 200, I'm not. You know, celebrate it and like I'm seeing opposition clubs sort of line up for 150th. And, you know, that's not on. Why not? That's not on, Tim. It's a great it's a great achievement for anyone to play one AFL game. Which would line up for one. And if you get to one 150, piece. but the celebration for one is big now. Like the family's invited, there's a jumper presentation. No, I all love those that, that, that never it. happened back in the day. You had to pick up the footy record to find out what number you were. I love the one and I love the retirement and I love the three hundred. And 200 gets acknowledged. I just don't know whether a guard of honour is mm. a necessity. I was at Essen for 12 months before I realised why Barry Davis was taking a special interest in me. Why? Well, he wore 32 before I did. I mean, I, I didn't even know all this sort of stuff. It wasn't apparent at the you time. You were a student to the game. Well, I didn't bow for Essen growing up. I bowed for Richmond mm. as a kid. I took over Jared Healy three. Did you? At the Demons. Right, and he was. He went for about a million bucks <laughs> to go up to the city. So you took his jumper after him. Yeah, I didn't realise that. Yeah, had did he leave Melbourne back in nineteen what? So that was ninety five. Did you have a number before three? No. Right. Did you request no. three? No. Had no. you ever? Worn... I was a five. I was number five. Did you want number career. five? Well, that was because Pants was five. Right. So I, I wore number five all my junior footy. Right. But I don't know who was five at Melbourne at the time. Everybody always wanted the numbers between sort of one and ten, didn't yeah. they? They were the big numbers. We called them. We called the Hollywood Boulevard at our, at our footy club. So that was where the so the lower numbers was where you, you sat and you thought you're pretty good. <laughs> Brian, right. Brian Wilson coined the phrase, not right. surprisingly. What number was he? Seven. He was. Um, Brian Wilson was a funny, funny man. You would have played a lot of footy against him. Oh, against him, yeah. He, he won the Brownlow when he was 21. I you know. know. Well, he started as a 16-year-old. People talk about Nick Dacos and, yeah, he could mm. win a Brownlow easily this year. He's not, he'd be 20, would he? Brian Wilson may have been younger. How old was Brian Wilson when he won? The, he won the Brownlow when he was 20 or 21. Mm. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, Gavin Wanganeen did the same. Yeah. He was very young too. But he came. He burst on the scene. Talk about going down a rabbit hole. Like he burst on the scene as a sixteen-year-old for the Western Bulldogs. Brian Wilson. Yes, yeah. the football foot, well, that were back in the day. And then he went to North. Did he? Yeah. And then he went to Melbourne. And then he was at his third club when he won his Brownlow medal at twenty-one years of age. Mm. And then went to St Kilda to finish off. See, so you, sometimes you do forget the stops that players have along the way, don't you? And just one of the funny, he used to make me laugh. Like I'm young, mm. impressionable, quiet, and he was as brash and confident as mm. any man you've ever met. And then I remember going to the training and sitting down at my locker mm. and watching him for about a week and a little, two weeks, come flying off the track, grab his bag and just go. Right. I'm thinking, yeah, normally he had to do weights mm. and that sort of Was stuff. he driving the Porsche at this stage? I don't know. But he, anyway, after a couple of weeks, I got out the carriage and go, what? Why are, you, why are you going so quickly? He goes, I've got a new job. I've got a new job. I said, what is it? He goes, fireman. He was a fireman at the airport, Melbourne Airport, right? I don't know how he got the job, but he started at, say, 7 o'clock. So whenever he got off the track, he just flew out the airport. And I said, what do you do out there? He goes, well, we get there, um, we clean the trucks, clean the house, we play cricket. Um, Watch movies. 
watch telly, go to sleep, mm. get up, and that's my full shift. I said, oh, he goes, there hasn't been a fire at Tullamarine Airport for 60 years or something. <laughs> anyway, so he thought it was the greatest job ever. And then he, he, one day he came back, uh, I said, how's, how's your job going? He goes, you wouldn't believe it, we had a fire. He said that someone had put a, a cigarette butt into one of those little... What um, a bin. Little bins, yeah, and started a little bin fire. He reckons they're that excited because <laughs> all they do is sit around. He reckons eight trucks just <laughs> flew down onto this bin. They blasted the bejesus out of it. Now, that was his story. He right. was He was always a bit loose with the yeah. with the facts. He had a touch of uh, Bulldog Bogan about oh, him too, did didn't he? Did he ever. Did he ever. Big Willow. Funny man. Good man. It's time to talk farming for Kubota. For over 40 years, Kubota's been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Yes, indeed, it's that time where most of uh, our rural audience pull the tractors over to have a good listen and take some notes. Kubota together, we're shaping and building Australia. We talk a lot about our woodstocks, but at this time of year, it's never more important. And I had a little development with my particular um, piece of machinery of choice, mm. the old steel chainsaw. And have you fixed it? It's an incredible story. Is it? Yes. We'll be so the judge have of that. All sorts of issues trying to tighten it, the chain. Right. And then I'd be going to chop the wood, and it's taken me a long time to get through and put, you know. So I thought, enough of this. I'm going to take it to. It's the, not sharp. Well, I'm not, I wasn't is sure. Is that what you thought? I took it to the chainsaw shop. What is it? What's the it cha- called? The chainsaw. <laughs> the chainsaw. The chainsaw shop. And. <laughs> Night, couple of nice blokes, real nice names. No, Kev, don't know, and Des Hastings, Hastings in Hastings, right? Kevin Des, I think. Well, okay, well, let's go. Let's go. With that. I said I'm having trouble with this. Can mm. you tell me whether a because I inherited the chainsaw, right? Is it any good? B, it's a still. It's still right. It yep. was still. Yeah, yep. it was just sitting on the bench. Right. Okay. It wasn't moving. Right. And I said to him, and right. he said, "Keep going. This is a bloody good chainsaw. This." Right. Twelve hundred bucks worth. I said, right. Well, let's let's right. You would have known that. Invest some capital in it then, because mm. um, I was going to buy a newie. Remember, I told you I was going to yeah. buy a newie. Yeah. And they said, no, no. So then he goes, oh, your chains, the links have been stretched. That's why you know when you're sharp, when you mm. try to tighten it. I said, oh, I'll give us a new chain. So he goes and gets the chain. He goes, oh, your bar's bent. A bent bar. Right. You can see that. Yeah. So I got a new bar. Right. And a new chain. Right. Put on. Right. Yeah. Tickety boo. Yeah. He goes, You won't know yourself now. I said, Oh, well. Yeah. Work with but new... you do, don't you? Well, I won't know yourself. I'm when... Gary. He said, With a new bar like this, right. you won't know yourself. Right. So I went, I raced home. I was that excited. Right. Went down to the fallen tree where I've been working at. How big is it, girth wise? Big, like, you know, big, 30 centimeter, 40 centimeter. I started the chainsaw and it was like going through butter a knife through butter mm. it went i just sat there stunned in stunned silence like normally that would start yeah. going back and forward it just went right so how long do you reckon you'd been operating with a bent bar and a chain that wasn't sharp enough and stretched too yeah probably best part of 3 years <laughs> <laughs> i never knew chainsawing could be so easy wisp and I just put together a very nice pile of wood. And now all I need is for you to bring your wood splitter down. And right. away we go. Why don't you get yourself a wood splitter? Why, I talked to Kevin. And your neighbour. 
No. Kevin Dez. At the... Yeah, Hastings, yeah. He said three and a half thousand. I've got a second-hand one. What do you mean you've got a second-hand one? Well, I may be in the market to sell one. What are you going to sell it for? You're not going to sell it. Well, you and I could share it. How's it get to my place? You, will you On the back it? of a trailer. Will you bring it over? Yeah, of course. No, I don't like sharing. Well, you want a new one? Yep. I don't you want like, your own. I don't like sharing. You want your own. I don't like sharing stuff. <laughs> what sort is it? It's the Aussie wood splitter, the best. Mm, cheap. It's got the big. Uh, Kev, it's got the. It's got the big Honda motor Kev as well. said that's a cheapie. No, you know what? The How gl- many psi? Uh, as many as you want. I think it's thirteen hundred. <laughs> I think it's the big. It's the biggest one. It's not the biggest one. It I is because it. when I bought it, I said to the guy, "I want to make sure this is bigger than the one that Gary could ever buy," <laughs> and he said, "This is the biggest you can get." All right. What? It's it's psi. Yes. I, I tell know, you, I know it's got p. What's I tell it? you what. I tell you what. This is a great it's tip it's for people. PSI. It's this is God help me. What sort of a farmer am I talking with? (laughs) This is a great tip for people out there in rural areas. Rural? Rural areas. Rural. Rural. And that is to go with the Honda motor. The Honda motor. I can can go 12 months without using the wood splitter. I'll pull it two times at the most and up she starts again. Blows a little bit. Blows a little bit of smoke. Two stroke? Uh, how many strokes? One. No. What sort of petrol? Uh, no. Just no. normal? Just normal fuel. Yeah, normal Un- fuel. Unleaded? Yeah. Normal fuel. Normal fuel. I am leaning. They are. I, I like electric. I've got an electric. I'm with the, with the Ego. Battery operated stuff. Yeah, I know that. But you can't get an electric motor. I don't think you can get a power electric powered uh, wood splitter. What world are you living in? So you've seen the whole world's going electric. Well, I know that, but I don't think you can get electric power wood I splitter. Think you can. Do you think you know how they you know how they operate? Are they one of the best inventions electric? ever? No, no, no. The wood splitter, the actual wood splitter. I like to get into my wood chopping outfits, and I like to manually chop wood and yeah. use my wood splitter manually because then I feel manly. That's the thing about you. You've got an outfit for every occasion. I have a wood chopping a, outfit. You've got an outfit for every occasion <laughs> it's a on white, the farm. It's a navy blue singlet. <laughs> no, no, no. That's your shearing outfit. You've got a shearing outfit for sheep that I actually – I don't shear. I've got dorpers. That's what I'm going to say. You've got a shearing <laughs> outfit for sheep that drop their own wool. <laughs> anyway, that just sums up our farming. What, what's the message for the farmers? The message for the farmers is make sure you listen to our podcast every week because you'll pick up <laughs> tips that make farming life so much easier. Yeah. Let's, uh, That's the message. Let's do some uh, rapid fire po- uh, uh, rabbit holes. Quick fire rabbit holes for TJM. Handle anything with XGS premium suspension by TJM. Visit your local TJM store for a free quote today. We might do that, actually. We might go out to our local TJM store. They handle anything with the XGS premium suspension. They can uh, kick you out your four-wheel drive like no one else whispers. Right. What would you like to add to your- Snorkel. A snorkel. Right. And for those that don't know- go for a snork. Why would you add a snorkel to your- For when I go through the deeper streams. That's right. That's it. What do you think? What do you think? I wasn't sure that you'd know. Of course I knew. (laughs) You, I haven't told, got a snork. Who told you? Who told you about a snorkel? Been watching. I've been watching that. Hey, what is that show you've been watching? Which one? The one about the farm. Oh, our Yorkshire farm. Yep. If you haven't heard our radio show, I've discovered this beautiful new show about this family, a younger woman that met an older farmer, yep. Clive and Amanda. 
Clive's 41, Amanda's 21. There's Shepherds in um, Yorkshire somewhere, way out in the middle of nowhere. She knocked on the door one day, nine kids later, or mm. eight kids later, and uh, just the most beautiful storylines you've ever seen, these little kids running around farming from yeah. age 18 down to They're two. They're like free-range kids, aren't they? That's right. And then we found <coughs> found out through the week, sadly, that sadly. they uh, split up. Yeah. But that was still... Uh, I watch the show still. It continues into a third series, but it's not quite as enjoyable. No. I find something really fascinating about that, though, because, well, Amanda knocked on the door and then she married Clive. He was 20 years older than her. And her and Clive have split up. And now her new partner, they're not married, is much older than her too. I mean, I find it interesting that she has this love of older men. That's just interesting. What are, you, what, are you, what are you looking at me like that? Well, who you fall in love with, Wisp? You know, well, I know you've got no control. No I know you've got no boundaries. Well, like when Cupid hits you. Christ, Cupid, Cupid just hits you. you. Whack. Right between the eyes. Have you got anything on the uh, Hawthorne investigation, investigative no. rabbit hole? No, I don't put... know. Well, it's a hole that everybody's gone down for the last seven or eight months, and it just seems like it just goes on and on and on and on and on. There's no real resolution other than there was a statement about the fact that uh, there's no longer an investigation. But who knows where the hell it's going to go now? That's a classic. That's a that's a whole borough. That of, is of rabbit holes that people are still going down and with no resolution in sight. I tell you what, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we could talk about re the examination of the reporting around these things and, you know, the way yeah. that they take on a life of their own and that type of thing, but probably not. For There'll them. be some retrospective um, stuff being done by certain media outlets right now. Well, you know, like, I don't Nervously know. looking at uh, some of their commentary around it. As, as people should. I mean, under these circumstances, people should examine exactly, you know, how, what they said, how it was framed, all those things. Yep. Um, you know, it's a... That's a tough one, though, in terms of not 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 so much a tough one, but you know when you only hear one side of an event, and then the news service obviously is going to be that. I mean, it's going to saturate that side without people having context or knowledge of what might have been the other side of the story. How long since you've been overseas? Um, the last time we went overseas was before COVID. Look, it's been a long time, a long time ago. Time, yeah, a long time ago. Now, are you going soon? I'm hopeful to. Where are you off to? Well, probably New York, but I haven't sorted it out. My son just got back with his girlfriend. Right. They went, I can't remember, whether they went to game four of the NBA finals. I'm not sure if this was there or they were at a bar. Two drinks, 80 bucks. What were they drinking? Well, it was a margarita. One was a margarita, some fancy margarita. $80. $80 Australian by the time they did conversion. U.S. No way. Yes. How could it be? That's what they where said. Where were they? What hotel were they? I don't, can't remember, but I can't, I can't remember where it was. The, the beer was like a litre one, like a big, big thing, and the drink was this big... Like a big like bowl. A bowl sort of thing. 80 US. It's fair. So I'm just saying, if what, you want to go overseas, you better say some sheetage. Well, Garrity won't be doing too much drinking well, in New York if that's the case. I'm not a big drinker. I know you're not a big drinker. I'll take my That own. sort of surprised me about you. I don't know why I had this sort of impression that you might have been a big drinker. Back in the day, I used to put them away. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you did. You don't need to brag about <laughs> you. <laughs> You're a Grenache man now. Yes. Uh, do you to... drink that out of a tumbler or do you drink that out of a nice big burgundy type Bordeaux glass? 
I drink it out of a nice red wine glass, but not the those eighty buckers that you always bang on about because they they're, they're that, the Zalto glass. Well, they're that fine; they break too easily. They do, they do, but they're beautiful I to like drink a out of. Thicker one, that's not going to break. No, I found this other one. I think I've spoken about that before. The other one that I found, which is like a Rydell style glass. Oh, I've got that. I've got Rydell. No, this is not Rydell. Though. This, this well, is, you just said Rydell. I said they're like a Rydell. It's made well, no, under. It's made, un, it's made under the Rydell banner, but it's a Spiegel Starken or oh, something. So you, glass. You're, you, what? You're a wanker. Not, I'm not. A, <laughs> not many things you're a wanker. You're a wanker when it comes to wine glasses. You are. I like I just to, own it anyway. Okay, it doesn't matter. I, well, I'm owning the fact that I like to drink out of a fine glass. That's what I'm owning. Yeah. yeah. Because and after you've had six, <laughs> you bite the end of the glass and it snaps. I you. never, I never, ever drink to excess, Gary. Right. I enjoy wine. Um, do you have anything to say about the NBA that you've badly misread? Mm. Well, you don't want to go down that rabbit hole because you've given me bad information all the no, way along. No, I said that I like the Miami Heat. And I said to you that uh, I did get it wrong. The Boston Celtics at one point I got wrong. But... Um, that's a, well, that's a fascination. There's a fascinating study between um, the sum of the parts. What is it? What's that saying? Um, the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. That's what they are like, the Miami Heat. Champion team. team well, that's another way of saying it. Yeah, there's a champion, and the champion team will be the team of champions. That type of thing, which is another way of saying it. But that's what they are. They're actually a fascinating study as a team, the Miami Heat, the way they piece themselves together. Mm. What else have you got for me? Not much. Okay. Nearly out. Okay. I'm nearly out of rabbit. I have a, I'm, I'm an inquiring mind, but it's been a busy, busy show already. We're up to around the time that we need to be wrapping this up. Uh, next week, mm-hmm. I just want to preempt. Um, oh, what are we going to be talking about next week? The sale of the century. Like, I want to know whether you think you're intelligent or how you determine if you're intelligent. Because Nicky and I sat down and watched that. I've been on the sale of the century. I'll talk about it next week. Mm-hmm. But we watched that show. Is I think it on Channel Seven? One Percenters. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you sat down and watched that? I encourage you to. Why? Well, work out whether you're smart or not. Yes, I've seen the advertisements for it, mm. and it's just a different way of looking yeah. at something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I watched the first show, and I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. And I thought I've, maybe I've got dumber in my old age. Yeah. But then I understood it much better, and I was very good at it. The second show. Did you like it? Well, I've been challenged. Right. Mentally. What about Wordle? Do you challenge yourself daily on Wordle? In the toilet, yep. Yep. You you, you do Wordle on the toilet? Yeah. That was the other thing I wanted to oh, talk about. I wanted to talk to the, about that too. You didn't get too. to the toilet rabbit hole. That urologist study. We'll do it next week. We might. It's about standing up or sitting down. And apparently 40% of German men like to sit down when they take a leak. Only 2%... Two percent of male Singaporeans like to sit Sorry, down. Sorry, Brooksy, I'm going to have to delve into this. <laughs> you what? It's a study that's been done by a urologist. Yeah. And what they did is they surveyed men in different countries, yeah. right? So Australian men, of the men surveyed, 25% of Australian men said that they like to sit down when they take a look. Rubbish. 75%. Rubbish. No, no. No, I'm calling bullshizing on that. Okay. Well, One this- in four Australian men sit down and do we. Well, that's what the study that's conveyed. Great. Yes. And Do you? 40%. Hang on a minute. 40% of German men sit down to take a leak. 40%? Only, only 2% of those surveyed and only 2% of men in Singapore do. Okay. But the, Euro, the, the, the finding was that it is better for you 
and this is probably a health tip. Maybe this is something that we can work into the weekly podcast. Right. A health tip. A wee tip. Yes. This is a this is a, <laughs> a wee tip. And th- that is that the tip is sit out. It is better for your bladder. Sit and tuck. It is much better to sit. Do you stand <laughs> or sit when you have a wee? Well, I've modified my behaviour. You're not I, a sitter. I am now going to be a sitter. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Gary, when you read it, it stacks up because it takes it's it's less pressure on your bladder. Hang on, let me have a And think. better, for, a, better I feel your, like I need to go to the toilet. <laughs> better for your pelvis if mm, you let me have a sit seat. down as opposed to standing up. Righto. Are you seriously going to adopt a sitting? Area? I am. I am. Having read this report, it just makes a, medical sense. And what? So, what do you hope to benefit? What? How do you f- hope to feel from this? Well, it's just better for you. But it's, how will it? How will you well, know? It's, it's it, there's for less you. strain. There's less strain on your. Body. While you're doing it. Yes. Or afterwards. Both. Both. Yes. You're not going to tell me you need to stand up to do the other one. Do you? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> All right. No. I'm going to go. That, okay. They found that you're much better if you stand on your head. Right. <laughs> I'll go and do my own research and okay. see if I you can. You've got a week to research. And, do, and I have a health a health tip. And I'll give you a health check at the end of the week. Right. Well, off into the day you go, Whispers. Been you nice too. to see you. That's uh, been the rabbit hole. For Ty Power, the May Mega Sales now on. Geez, they're going well, Ty Power, Whispers. They are going magnificently. Get into your local independently owned Ty Power today. This has been The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Keeping you safe on the roads, tyrepower.com.au. Tune in to 1116 SEN each Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 6 to 9am to hear SEN Breakfast with Gary and Tim.